And he was near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he returned his face toward the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. He says, I pray how, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. And he was telling the truth. He, he wasn't a perfect man, but he had a loyal heart toward God. All exclaiming, Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. We're not told how Hezekiah became sick. It may have been through something obvious to all, or it may have been through something known only to God. God was remarkably kind to Hezekiah, telling him that his death was near. Not all people are given the time to set their house in order. Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. This showed how earnest he was in his prayer. He directed his prayer in privacy to God and not to any man. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins chapter 20 in the book of 2 Kings. Hey, let's open our Bibles tonight to 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. We're going to be finishing up the reign of Hezekiah, one of Israel's uh, greatest kings. And when I say Israel, uh, let me define that. Uh, Judah, Judah and Benjamin and the southern two tribes, one of the best kings, uh, arguably, that uh, Judah had ever had. Uh, other than Josiah and maybe David and partially Solomon. Uh, Hezekiah ranks up there with the very top of the top. And, and it's really because of the man's heart for God. He, he was not one of those who turned aside to God. He was always, uh, and he had a horrible father. As, as we looked at last week, it's really uncommon to have a, a young man to have a very poor example of a father and then turn out to be really a really good man. And that goes to show you that it doesn't matter whether you came, it doesn't matter your environment, it doesn't matter your upbringing, your parents, who they were, who they weren't, God can get a hold of you. And, and such is the case with me, you know, I, I didn't come from a religious background. I, I really, uh, I, I would like to say that I was a mutt. I, I just, I didn't have any kind of, I just came out of nowhere. And, but I knew God loved me and, uh, and that was enough for me, you know, and I, I had my time in the world and I'm glad those days are behind me. I never want to look back on them again, other than to be glad that I've forgotten about it you know, as much as I can. And I know God has, because it's all under the blood. But Hezekiah was just just wonderful man. And the unfortunate thing, as we're going on in the book of 2 Kings, as we're coming to the end of it, actually, very close to the end, I want you to see a pattern here in these last four kings, roughly the last four kings, significant kings, 
You know, we had Ahaz, horrible king. Hezekiah, wonderful king. Manasseh, his son, horrible king. Josiah, exemplary king. And then at that point, Judah starts to flatline. Meaning that their leaders, after that, it goes rapidly downhill. They do not recover. They're led into captivity into Babylon. And you know, as I look at the history of Israel, I see our country very similar to that. You know, there were times in our country where, you know, things were going well and then just kind of like this ebb and flow. But we're on this um, course right now that is not good at all, folks. And and it, it ought to stir within us, the church. We can't expect the world to do this. It has to begin with us. And, and what I mean by that is our fervor and our, our desire for the, for the Lord and for, um, to be obedient to Him and to be willing to be used by Him. Never get tired of being exhorted in that way because um, I need to come out of my slumber. Has anybody felt like they're in a slumber at times? And I think that uh, for each of us, it comes and it goes throughout our, our life as Christians. There's times where you feel like you're on the mountaintop and then you go through this dry period, this desert a time when it feels like God is not doing anything, and, and maybe it's at that time you're, God is revealing to you the things that really aren't in you that should be in you because of the time that you've spent with him. And it brings things to the surface, doesn't it? It brings things to the surface. And we have a decision to make. And I think we have one of those defining moments before us right now as the church of God, the real true church of Jesus Christ, for us to really rise to the occasion, unlike any other time. And Hezekiah was one of these men. And we're going to see that Josiah is going to be one of those men. And it was them. See the difference one person can make. And yes, they were kings and they had a lot of influence, but one person can make a lot of difference. And all it takes is one person to say, I am going to break this chain of whatever it is. I'm going to break this chain of violence. I'm going to break this chain of abuse, uh, whatever it is. Oh, it could be physical abuse. Maybe you were abused as a child, and maybe you're tempted now as an adult to lash out like you had been lashed, like it's been done to you. And, and these things happen, and you have to resist those things, and you have to move on. But we have to move on, and we have to do better. We have to keep our focus on Christ, and allow him to work it into our lives. Don't ever lose sight of that. And so I hope that these chapters that we're looking at will somehow resonate in your heart as it is in mine because, again, we have a great moment in history before us right now. And it's time that we do it, church. It's time like any other time before. Now is the time that we need to really get serious, to really get serious in our walk with him. And to push aside all the stuff that, 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 that doesn't really help us. And, and Hezekiah, excuse me. Hezekiah was one of these kings. When he came in, his father had made Israel a mess. Had made Jerusalem a mess. Altars everywhere. Blatant idolatry everywhere. And his son now comes into power, and he cleans house. He literally cleans the whole thing up, and he pushes it all aside, burns it, gets rid of it. And it's a wonderful time of reunion. They had a Passover during uh, Hezekiah's time that was incredible. Actually, I'm thinking about Josiah, actually. And, and they had, a, 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 and actually Hezekiah as well. They had wonderful Passovers at that time that they'd been ignoring for years. A time of revival. 
And so tonight, as we look at chapter 20, we're going to finish the life and the, the reign of Hezekiah this evening. But I would have you look at chapter 20. We're going to um, look at just that chapter. But I want, you to go, I want you to back up two chapters to chapter 18, because we, we already went through this a couple weeks ago. But I want to help you understand um, where we are at chronologically. Um, I, I like chronologies. Um, I do it in the Gospels, and, and there's uh, some really great resources that um, put these, the Samuel and, and uh, Kings and Chronicles, they put them in order chronologically. And I find that really helpful because you, you get to see the, 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 the history and what, what, what led to one thing and what happened before it. You follow me? And sometimes that, that can really help you, and it paints the picture better than just a bunch of scattered events. It helps me put it into place uh, in history, and that's really important to do. And that's what I'm hoping to attempt to do tonight, partly. Um, if you look at, with me in the beginning of chapter 18, remember that it, it begins Hezekiah's uh, reign, and, and God just basically... Um, sharing all the wonderful things that he did and how he was delivering the people from idolatry. And he even rebelled against the king of Assyria, who he was supposed to pay tithe or pay the tribute to. He cut that off. He was doing all the right things. And then in uh, verses 9 through 12, remember, it was really a, uh, those uh, four verses, 9 through 12, were really just a recapitulation of what had happened to the northern ten tribes, meaning they're going into captivity into Assyria. But then we come into verse 13, and it starts off in the 14th year of, of King Hezekiah. And from verses 13 down through uh, 16 is the first invasion of Sennacherib. Those verses comprise the very first invasion. Sennacherib's going to come against Jerusalem two times. This is the first one, and it was around 701 B.C., if you remember. And uh, he came against Jerusalem, and, uh, and when he did, remember, uh, Hezekiah basically gave him all of the gold and all the silver, all the treasuries, in, in fear uh, because of this formidable foe that was coming against him. So he gives everything away, all the gold and all the silver. And, um, and then immediately after that, we have verse 17. But between verses 16 and verses 17, there's about a 14-year lapse, 14-year time period. The chapter that we're looking at tonight, chapter 20, specifically verses 1 through 19, and you'll understand why I didn't include the last verse in a little while. But twenty, chapter 20, verses 1 through 19, it fits right in here between verses 16 and 17 of chapter 18. Okay, so just like the Gospels, or Kings is not necessarily chronological. There's some pieces that are moved around for the different reasons. But I want you to see this because, so immediately after, from verses 13 through 16 in chapter 18, we have this first invasion around 701 B.C. of Sennacherib. And Hezekiah gives everything away, basically, all the gold and all the silver. And, um, and then um, we're going to read, um, then we're going to look at chapters 20 which I just mentioned, verses 1 through 19. And then right after that, after the events of chapter 20, verses 1 through 19, then resumes what happens in verse 17 of chapter 18. 
Everybody follow me? So, um, in, in fact, verses 17 through uh, 35, 36, uh, it, actually down through chapter 19, all the way down to around uh, verse 36, is really the second invasion of Sennacherib, okay? And so the part we're going to look at tonight is in between verses 16 and 17 of chapter 18, Okay? So just chronologically, that's where it lies. Now, there's a reason that I bring this up, not only just so that you can understand it, but I almost wonder if there's something in this. So let's rehash and just read through uh, in chapter 18. Let's read through verses 13 through 16, and then I'm going to skip right over into chapter 20 where where naturally it would go. And I think you'll see something really interesting, perhaps. And I I think there's some interesting things here. So notice in verse 13 of chapter 18, again, the first invasion of Sennacherib. It says, In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, which is 701 B.C., Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. Now, this is kind of interesting, don't you think? Because this is a man whom the Lord has said, there's nobody like him who came before him, and there's nobody coming after him that's like him. I mean, God did say this about Josiah, don't get me wrong, but basically what he's saying is, this guy is really amazing, Compared to everybody else, he's an amazing guy. So did he have his chinks in his armor? Yes, he did. Did he have weaknesses? He did. Was he an idolater? No. (laughs) Not Hezekiah. He had his problems. And I want to ask you tonight, as a believer, as as a Christian, don't we all have problems? Granted, I don't want to excuse my problems or my sin issues or whatever it is. I don't want to just say, you know, pretend it doesn't happen. No, I want to hit it square on. I want to deal with it, and I want to repent. I want to be, I want to be better for Jesus. I want to be good for him because he saved my soul. I want to be an ambassador for him, right? And as a result of that, I want to do all that I can. I want to do all that I can. And yet he would do this. It's kind of interesting. Again, not a perfect man. He says, I've done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold, which is about $66.3 million as of the price of gold and silver a few weeks ago. All right, that's how much money he gave him. So that's quite a bit. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah even stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord, which he had put there, and he uh, and, and from the pillars, which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. Now remember what has just happened. The first invasion comes, the king of Assyria. He basically is frightened, naturally so. Because it was that same group that took the northern ten tribes captive. Remember that. Now turn over to chapter 20 now, because this is chronologically what happens next. And let's just read through chapter 20, uh, uh, down to verse 19, and then we'll go back and take a look at some of these things. Notice it says, In those days Hezekiah was sick 
and near death. So after this invasion, after he gave all the gold and the silver away, he came down with something uh, that was going to be life-threatening to him. And he was near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he returned his face toward the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. He says, I pray how, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. And he was telling the truth. He, he wasn't a perfect man, but he had a loyal heart toward God. He had a moment of fear, yes. And we're going to see tonight that he had a moment of pride and being lifted up in pride. But other than that, the guy has nothing other than just devotion to Jesus. I have walked before you in truth, God, and with a loyal heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened, before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of God came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father. I love that. Underline that. There's a reason he put that there. I have heard your prayer, God says. I have seen your tears, and surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Notice, I will defend this city, Jerusalem, for my own sake, and for the sake of my servant David, the, federal, the, the head, the progenitor of the dynasty of Judah. And then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And so they took and laid on, on, on the boil, and he recovered. So evidently, he had some kind of boil that was life-threatening. Don't know where that boil was. It could have been on his neck, his throat. His, we have no idea. It could have been on his stomach. The Bible doesn't tell us, and I'm really glad it doesn't. So they laid the figs, the clump of figs, on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I will go up to the house of the Lord the third day? And then Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do the thing which which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees or go backward ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It's an easy thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. No, but let the shadow go backward ten degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward. Notice, he brought the shadow ten degrees backward. The shadow he brought back ten degrees by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. So at that time, Baradek Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, this was way before Nebuchadnezzar came on the scene, he sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick, and Hezekiah was attentive to them. It tells us in Chronicles that uh, he sent uh, this Meredith Baladin from the king of Babylon at the time. He sent a, an, an, a, bun, a couple of ambassadors to Hezekiah with a gift, saying, I'm really glad that you're recovered. And, and, uh, and there's a reason for this. And he showed them, notice, Hezekiah was attentive to them, and he showed them all the house of his treasures, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious ointment, and all his armory. Does that sound like a good thing to do? Not really. 
Because we know the end of the story, right? <laughs> and uh, Actually, I shouldn't say story. I, I use that word figuratively, but I don't, I'm not a person who believes that the Bible is stories. It's history. It's real history. Okay? So that's really important to know. So he showed him the silver, the gold, the spices, precious ointment, all of his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all of his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. He basically rolled out the red carpet, opened the doors, and lit the lights, and had hors d'oeuvres, and showed them all the very best of everything. Then Hezekiah, the prophet, went to King Hezekiah and said to him, he says, what did these men say, and from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, they came from a far country, from Babylon. And he said, what have they seen in your house? And so Hezekiah answered, they've seen all that's in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. And then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. And whenever you have a prophet saying to you, hear the word of the Lord, it's usually corrective. (laughs) It's usually not something like, hear the word of the Lord. You really are just the best, man. You are just incredible. You know, can I get your autograph on this parchment? You know, uh, that whenever a prophet says that, you be starting to already start to genuflect. You know, get on your knees and, and bow and, 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 and get in that position because what's coming is not, you're not going to like it. So <laughs> Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming. The days are coming, Hezekiah, when all that is in your house and all... And what your fathers have accumulated until this day it shall be carried to Babylon. Notice, it shall. It's not even if. It's, it's, it's going to happen. And that's kind of discouraging. You gave me 15 more years to live, and I, I make a mess of that too. My guard came down. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and they shall take, some, take away some of your sons who will descend from you. We'll look at that. Whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And so Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, Will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? So he just kind of like, you know what? The Lord's given me 15 years. It's going to happen after my time. Praise the Lord. I don't have to worry about it. I don't know if that was his heart completely, but there is a little bit of cavalierness to this that leads me to believe that uh, Hezekiah was very glad that that this was going to happen after his time. So let's go back into verse 1 here. And it says, in those days he was sick and near death. Yeah, And and the prophet came to him, prophet Isaiah, and basically says, get your house in order. You know, you shall die and not live. How would you like somebody coming to you and saying that? Get your last will and testament in order. You're going to die. Well, thank you very much. That was awfully encouraging, brother. Thank you. You know, and, uh, you know, sometimes the Lord has hard things to say. And I can't help, because this is right on the heels of what we read in that first invasion. Remember back in chapter 18, verses 13 through 16? that we read, that first invasion? Well, what we're reading now happened immediately after that. I can't help but wonder, and we got to be careful here. I, I'm, I'm going to forward that with this. We have to be careful when we think like this, because it's not always the case. But is it probable? It is probable. Because right before this, he had given...
That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.